This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler and back with me today for our Week 13 Picks of the Week is my coach, Charlie. And for the third straight week, We were actually all in the black in our straight-up picks and at least 500 in our against-the-spread picks. So we're getting the hang of this thing. It was a good week. All of us, Charlie, our guest host, John, and myself, we all went 9-1 straight up. So Charlie, like, how many weeks in a row is this for you with at least seven wins straight up? Is this like four or five? I don't know. I don't really keep track. What do you mean you don't keep track? That's why we do this. That's that's why you play the game. I mean, I just am glad that I went 9-1. But you don't want to win the whole thing? I mean, I take a bunch of flyers because nobody wants to listen to us all make the same picks. I mean, there's probably some truth to that. But like whatever you've been doing, it's been working lately. You've been on a tear here. Uh, but Charlie, you and I, we did miss the Missouri game. That's the one game that we missed last week. We were definitely off on that one. Uh, Missouri's kind of just falling apart here late in the season. I admit that was probably more of a, a heart overhead pick. But uh, was, I thought they had a shot. It didn't work out that way. John got that one right. He did a great job on that one. But he missed uh, Minnesota beating Iowa. He almost got that one right for a perfect 10-0 week. But the Gophers fell just short on the road trying to make a comeback late in that game. But regardless, a great week for all of us straight up. And not too shabby against the spread either where they combined 19-11 and 11 week against the spread. Charlie is continuing this furious climb up the standings with that 9-1 straight up week and 6-4 against the spread, which now brings her running season total to 87-37 straight up. 70%, Charlie. Like, oh. round of applause. 70% straight passing, up. Passing, passing. Yeah, you are. It's a passing grade. Absolutely. Uh, you're also now 65-59 and 59 against the spread. For a while, you were under 50%, but now you are well over that. 53% on the year. John was awesome on the show as our guest picker last week. We really enjoyed having him. Really appreciate what he brought to the table. And he also had a 9-1 straight up week and 64 against the spread, which brings our guest host totals to 91-33 and 33 straight up and 65-59 and 59 against the spread. So Charlie is still tied with our guest pickers against the spread and is making a run at their straight up total. Uh, I also went 9-1 straight up last week, so I didn't gain any ground on our guest host in the straight up picks, but I didn't lose any ground either. Depends on how you look at it. Uh, I did, however, extend my against the spread lead by a game with a 7-3 week last week, and my season totals now sit at 90-34 and 34 straight up, which is 72%, and 72-52, and 63% against the spread. So with three weeks to play in the regular season, I guess, and championship week, it's still anyone's game in the straight up picks. And joining us today is one of our most active listeners. He's been killing it on social media this season, Mr. Jamil Ficklin. Jamil, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. 
Oh, yeah, it's absolutely our pleasure, man. Really excited to have you on. And uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, so I don't want to spoil anything. I'll let you guys tell – I'll let you tell everyone out there. But judging uh, by our interactions on social media, obviously you're clearly a very passionate Georgia fan. We know that. But uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, my man. Thanks, man. Um, well, I currently reside in the DMV area, but I'm an avid Georgia Bulldogs fan since 97. Uh, I would say since the Heinz Ward days. And um, I work for a retailer called Warby Parker, uh, which is an eyewear company. And I oversee uh, a lot of the retail stores in the DMV market. So I do a lot of traveling um, and I know a lot about eyewear as well. Um, I have two daughters, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So they keep me busy outside of watching Georgia football. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, I really love the dogs. Uh, my favorite player is Todd Gurley. Have his jersey, and uh, I, I miss those days when he was here. It was like, was he the best man? Was he not the best? He he. Every time he touched the ball, it was like you knew He's something going. exciting was going to happen, and. I loved him on the kickoffs because you knew he was just going to take it back every time. So. Every time, remember that that, that but was the Buffalo, right? That first the, his first game he took that kickoff back for a touchdown. That was just like, oh, this guy, he's legit. Yeah, he's legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love all of our backs, Nick, Sony, all those guys. But I mean, I don't know if there was one that was better than Todd. It's tough. It's hard to it's hard to believe that we had Nick, Keith, Sony. All in the same backfield. With, oh my with god! Todd. And and we didn't win an SEC title with that, which is like, yeah. oh my god, oh my That's god! Insane. How is how is that possible? But uh, all right, man, that is awesome. Uh, we're really excited to have you on the show. Uh, you ready to make some picks? I am ready. Let's do this. All right, Charlie, this is where you come in. Take it away. All right, this is the traditional SEC versus Baby Seals week, so the pickings are slim in the conference. We're going to start with two teams still seeking bowl eligibility. No one knows if Mizzou is going to be able to play in a bowl because the NCAA still has not ruled on their appeal. Which is ridiculous. I'm sorry. That's yeah, ridiculous. well, and that player from Ohio State got his, you Justin know, Fields? No. Um, no, the player, like, last week, like two weeks ago. Oh, I forget who it is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like – Chase so Young. They were able, they were Chase able, Young, there we go. Yeah, Chase they were Young, able yeah. to, you know, figure that out in a week. And but Missouri's still, still left hanging. Who knows? Yeah. So they're still trying to make a bowl if they can. Tennessee is making the trip to Como to take on a Missouri team that has lost four straight games after racing out to a five and one start. But despite their recent struggles, the Tigers are still favored by four at home. This is my upset of the week. I'm picking Tennessee to win this one. Jamil, what's your pick? So when I saw this line, I was like, Vegas must know something. Um, I saw a stat where Missouri has not scored a touchdown in the month of November. <laughs> wow, and, I didn't see that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and Tennessee is only giving up 10 points a game this month. Uh, I am not a believer in Mizzou, and I'm going to take Tennessee as well, and I think that they're going to cover as well. All right. Tyler, what's your pick? Okay, you guys are really making me want to change my pick here. I feel isolated. <laughs> I feel like I'm being bullied here. Uh, no, you guys make good points. Um, okay, these are definitely two teams heading in different directions. I'm with you guys there. Tennessee, they won three in a row, four of five, with that one loss being a very respectable showing on the road in Tuscaloosa. Would they, with, if Guarantano had not gone completely rogue in that game, they, they could have like really made that interesting. Um, and on the other hand, Missouri's lost four in a row into some bad teams. Yeah, they lost to four. They lost to us. You know, we're not bad, obviously. But losing at Vandy, at Kentucky, like, oh, man, those are, that's, those are rough losses. Um, and before last week, Missouri, like, they had been better, much better at home. And this one is in Columbia. But 
Tennessee is coming off a bye, so that might negate the home field advantage to at least some degree. This is a tough one. Like I, I'm with you guys. I think Tennessee is playing way better. Like those stats, Jamil. Like those. Ooh, that really gives me some pause here. Um, but I, I still, if you take the season as a whole, I think Missouri's the better football team. But you also have to factor in how these two teams are playing right now, and Tennessee's clearly playing better football. But I, I, I'm not sure it's a great matchup for Tennessee because the Missouri defense is still really, really good, and Tennessee offense. They've been better. They've been more stable, but they're still like far from what I would call a, a good offense. They still can't run the ball with much consistency. Their best offensive weapons are their wide receivers with Jennings and Callaway. But Mizzou is still number one in the league in pass defense. I haven't necessarily played that way, but uh, they're still number one in the league. And, yeah, the Missouri offense has had major issues of late during this losing streak, but the Tennessee defense is not the same defense that they saw against us a couple weeks ago against Florida last week. I really don't know, man. I really don't know this one. What you guys say makes a lot of sense, but I guess I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going to go with the better defense at home at night to somehow maybe find a way to win the last second. So give me Missouri to win, and oh, God. Um, yeah, give me Missouri to win and cover. I feel really bad about this All one, right. but let's go with it. We'll see who wins that one. Probably I, not me. I apologize for this next game being on our slate this week, but – there are not much option, not many options. So we have number one LSU hosting one of the worst teams in the Power Five as the Arkansas Razorbacks are visiting Baton Rouge. It's basically a foregone conclusion that LSU is going to win this game. The only question is, especially after last week's performance against Ole Miss, will they cover the 44-point spread? I Obviously picking LSU to win, but I do think Arkansas is going to be able to cover the spread. Jamil, what's your pick? Uh, I, I actually saw this one and I was, I was laughing when I saw this line. I was, I think that LSU is going to win as well. I also think that they are going to cover. And my reasoning is they are teetering with Ohio state. And I think for them to stay at number one in the playoffs, they're going to have to blow out an SEC team in Arkansas. So I think that they may hang 60 or 70 points on Arkansas this week to stay at that number one spot because Ohio State obviously plays, you know, another Big Ten team, which we'll discuss. But I'm taking LSU, and I think they will cover. All right, Tyler, what's your pick? What if what if I was just thinking, what if football, college football, was like uh, Premier League, like soccer over in Europe, where they had like relegation? Like, if we had relegation in college football, would, would Arkansas still be in the league? I don't know. I mean, they're about no. to go winless for the second straight year. Like, this is this is bad. But give me the Hawks to win. I'm just kidding. No, yeah, definitely right. not. Definitely not. Uh, not that crazy. Uh, Arkansas, like, look, guys, they're terrible. And they're going to – like, LSU's going to win. We all know this. So I don't want to make too much of this one. Uh, but Arkansas, they've lost their SEC games by an average of 22 points. But they've lost their last four by an average of 34.5 points, including a terrible home loss to Western Kentucky. And I know Western Kentucky's had a decent program the past you know decade or so, but they're not good this year. And they just laid it on Arkansas in Fayetteville. Uh, this one's in Baton Rouge at night. They could only they could maybe have potentially call LSU sleeping at one point and maybe lost by 30 instead of 44. But after that performance last week defensively against Ole Miss and all the questions that generated, I think LSU's heard that their players should come out motivated to, to uh, take care of business against what's really about the speed road. It's an entirely helpless Arkansas offense that's averaging only 268 yards a game over the last four weeks. Um, LSU's going to score at will. That's just going to happen. They score at will on everybody, and Arkansas is not going to be any different. And Arkansas is going to be lucky to score, honestly, probably at all. So uh, I know it's a big number, but I'm with you guys. Give me LSU to win and uh, cover the 44. That's, wow, that sounds weird to say, cover the 44, but 
yeah, cover the 44 in an SEC game. Well, I kind of want to change my pick now to cover the spread, but <laughs> it's, already, it's already written no, down. No, it's written so stone. It can't, can't be changed. Well, that's it for the SEC this week until we get to our game. Now we're going to move over to the Big 12 for a couple of games, starting with Texas at Baylor. Baylor blew their chance last week after blowing a 28-3 second quarter lead and a 31-10 halftime lead against Oklahoma. But this week, they get a struggling Texas team, and they are still favored by five and a hook in Waco. I'm going to go with Texas this week. Probably going to regret that, but I do pick Texas. Jamil, what's your pick? Charlie, that is very bold. Very bold. <laughs> um, there has to be some difference. That's two upsets in the first three picks for you. Well, you know. Uh, no, I applaud you. you I'm got not some exactly guts. the most sane person. She's trying so. to make a move, Jamo. She's trying to make a move and catch up I, here late in the season. I was going to say, I see that. She is trying to make a move. I am not a believer in Texas. I think that their defense is terrible. I think that um, looking at their stats, their defense is giving up over 300 yards a game in the, in the pass in passing. And as, as, as we know, in the big 12, it's a passing league. Um, I think Baylor is pissed off from their Oklahoma loss. And I think that they are going to win. And I also think they're going to cover um, Texas's defense also gives up over 140 yards a game rushing. And then Baylor is averaging hundred yard, 180 yards rushing a game. So I think that this is, going to be not a contest and i think baylor is gonna make a statement here all right tyler what's your pick yeah i think i'm with you here jamil baylor like if you look at the stats like statistically they are the better team uh, they're plus 900 in total yards differential whereas texas is plus 200 this game is in waco texas has definitely been struggling of late as charlie said they lost two of their last three uh, if this game would have been played last week i would have definitely picked baylor with with a decent amount of confidence but I'm just not – the only thing that gives me pause here is I'm not sure how they're going to respond after blowing that big-time lead against o- Oklahoma. Uh, but Baylor's good on defense. They're top 40 nationally. They've been struggling a little bit of late. Um, they, you know, but they that's still a really good defense. I, st- I still think Texas probably has the overall – like better overall talent, but that's not how they decide who wins and loses games. Texas is just not playing well right now. I'm, I'm with you, Jim. I don't, I'm not necessarily a believer in that Texas team this year. Um, they, they, and one of the big things is like, yeah, they're, they're terrible against the pass. And Charlie Brewer is a, he's a good quarterback. No one really talks about, but he's a good quarterback. And uh, Texas also, they can't run the football consistently. That's starting to impact their passing game. Ellinger hasn't really had the kind of year that they were expecting to have building off of what he was able to do last year. Uh, and Baylor's still very much the front runner to play Oklahoma in the big 12 title game, unless they lose these last two games. And Texas, if, if Baylor loses these last two games and Texas wins their last two games, they got Baylor this week and they got Texas tech next week. Texas could still sneak in the back door. So I, I think Matt Rule is a good coach. There's a reason people talk about him in NFL circles. He's going to get this team to regroup and come out ready to play at home. And in every team in the Big 12, especially the Texas teams, they live to beat the Texas Longhorns. So they're going to be motivated. And Baylor, the, Baylor's been more consistent. They've been more stable. And as good as Ellinger is, I'm not sure Charlie, Bre- Charlie Brewer is that far off of what he is. So give me Baylor to get back on track. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight one because that's what they do. They've won four of their four of their five Big Twelve wins have come by an average of three and a half points. It's just what they do. So give me Baylor to win, but I'm going to take Texas to cover. 
And before we get to our next game, I do want to quickly remind you guys about our friends at Vivid Seats. We've got a couple games left in the regular season. we got the game against Tech next week in Atlanta, and obviously the big one also in Atlanta, the SEC title game in a couple of weeks against the LSU Tigers. And I'm telling you guys, when I say they have the best selection, the best prices, I'm not lying to you. I actually... We've been in the market this week for some tickets to the SEC title game myself because since I'm not in the McGill Society, I can't get them through the university. So Vivid Seats, no worries. They had me covered. I found exactly the tickets I was looking for in the section I wanted to sit in at the exact right price. So it was a great process. And by the way, they're offering a Vivid Seats rewards loyalty program right now. So I got the benefit off that where I got to earn some credits back. So all I had to do is go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, and you are set to go. And then when it's time to buy, new users enter their promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right. Staying in the Big 12 for one more game, TCU is heading to Norman to take on the Cardiac Sooners. OU, as is in the case most week, the favorite in this one, favored by 19 at home. I'm picking Oklahoma to win, but TCU to cover. Jamil, what's your pick? All right, so TCU has not won in Norman since 2005. That does not Mm. give me confidence for TCU. Not at all. At, At home, Oklahoma is averaging almost 10 yards per play. That's like a first down. They're also also 260 yards per game in the air. So I think that this is also going to be a blowout. I think that Oklahoma wins, and I also think that they recover as well. And I think that they also know that they need to make a move in the CFP playoff. So they're going to also make a statement here against the Big 12 team. Yeah, that last thing you said, Jamil, that makes a lot of sense. Because you're right, like what, they're seeing an eight in the college playoff right now? Yeah, they're right behind the two Pac-12 teams. So they yeah, so like – you, you got to think if the, if the two Pac-12 teams went out and go play each other in the Pac-12 title game, like how is Oklahoma going to jump one of those teams that they end up a one-loss Pac-12 champion? Because they're they're behind them right now. So you're right; they've got to start making statements, and this is going to be an opportunity for them to do that. Uh, and I think this game is similar to last week's game that with Oklahoma and Baylor, and that TCU plays good defense like Baylor does, but I'm not sure they can score enough to beat Oklahoma, which is kind of the case with Baylor last week. And Max Duggan at quarterback's a true freshman. He's got a bright future. He's a kind of a dual threat guy for them. But man, he uh, he's very inconsistent. He turns the ball over way too much. And it's a shame because Jalen Rager is one of the better wide receivers in the country that no one talks about because he doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the ball consistently. So they're kind of wasting him there. That that sucks uh, for him because he's a really good player. Uh, but as Charlie said, like what she said there, they they really have been the cardiac Sooners over the past couple of weeks. And with the way TCU plays defense, it's it's possible that trend could continue for another week, especially with the injuries to C.D. Lamb. I think that was one of the big reasons Oklahoma was struggling last week. C.D. Lamb is clearly their best wide receiver, and they had a lot of issues with it without him in the passing game last week. It was a much more methodical Oklahoma offense last week. They kind of had to grind out a win, which you're not usually I'm not used to seeing out of Oklahoma. Uh, but I feel confident Oklahoma is going to win this game. But they have only beaten one team by 19 points or more in their last five games. It hasn't necessarily been the Oklahoma of old where they're just blowing teams out game after game. And potentially without Lamb, again, their best wide receiver, I'm going to take the TCU defense to keep it close enough to cover the 19. This is another one I'm not like super confident in because, well, I think the TCU defense is good enough to maybe potentially keep it close, close close-ish. I just don't know if the TCU offense can actually score enough points. Um, So hopefully the Oklahoma defense plays back to their their old level. So give me the, the Horned Frogs to cover. All right, now let's make a pit stop in ACC country 
and pick a game that has ACC Coastal Championship implications as Pitt is traveling to Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Both teams currently sit at 4-2 and two in conference play and are very much alive for the right to get murdered by Clemson in a couple of weeks. Murdered. Virginia Tech has turned things around after a rough start, and they are the four-point home favorite in this one. I'm going with Virginia Tech to win and cover. Jamil, what's your pick? So when I looked at this game, I was actually surprised that Pittsburgh is 7-3, and three, and then Virginia Tech is also 7-3. and three. I did not expect both of those teams to be to have those records. But looking at this game, um, I look at Pitt's defense on the road, and right now they're giving up, I would say, over about 107 yards a game, where Virginia Tech at home is averaging around 200 yards a game rushing. So I think the advantage there at home with Virginia Tech, I think they're going to run the ball pretty well there and they're also averaging a little over six yards per play um and Pitt's defense is giving up about 20 20 points a game on the road i think that this will be a very close game and i think virginia tech will win only because it is in lane stadium but i think pittsburgh will cover i think it'll be very close all right tyler yeah that's that's a great pick there man uh this is like when I, when I thought about this game, and the reason I put this game on our slate is because, again, there are not many options this week. But also, uh, there's a good chance like we could potentially play one of these teams uh, if if one of them wins the wins the Coastal. Uh, it's probably going to be Virginia right now, but if we – basic scenario is like right now the, the most likely landing spots for us in bowl season, if we lose LSU, are the Sugar Bowl uh, or the Orange Bowl. Uh, the only way we go to the Sugar Bowl is if Bama is not is is not ranked ahead of us in the college football playoffs in those final rankings. So if Bama wins out and we lose LSU, we'll probably drop below Bama and they'll go to the Sugar Bowl, and that will leave us more than likely in the Orange Bowl. And the Orange Bowl is contract it's contracted to take uh, the if they, if Clemson's in the college football playoff, they got to take the next highest ranked ACC team, which could be Virginia, Virginia Tech, or potentially Pitt. So it's one of the reasons I put this game on there because we might need to start watching some of these teams because we might end up playing one of them. But um, it's kind of sad that these two teams are still very much alive to win the ACC Coastal because they just aren't that good. They're fine. They're not bad, but they're just nowhere near championship good. Uh, Cody Pickett is a solid quarterback for Pitt, but, man, their offense has been very inefficient this year. They're 99th in offensive efficiency. Uh, and the ACC's leader in receptions, Maurice French, French with two Fs, which I've never seen spelled like that, but good for him. Uh, he broke his jaw two weeks ago against Tech, had a plate inserted in there, didn't play last week. He hasn't officially been declared out, but, man, it's really tough to imagine that he's going to play in this one. So that's not going to help what is already an inconsistent and inefficient offense. But Virginia Tech's not that much more efficient offensively. Uh, they made a move to quarterback Hendon Hooker a couple weeks back, and that's kind of breathed some life into their offense because of his dual threat ability. They're able to really, they had no ability to run the football early in the year. They put Hooker in there. He's a, a dual threat guy. The running game has kind of come to life, but they still don't run it all that well conventionally because they don't they don't have a ton of playmakers on offense. Uh, now Pitt is really good defensively. They have a top ten defense, and I I, I think they're going to be able to hold what I still think is a below average Virginia Tech offense in check. I'm actually going to go with Pitt to win this one outright, to go into Lane Stadium and come out with the outright victory. This might be my upset special of the week. I'm still not quite sold on VT. I have no – it's another one. A lot of games I have no confidence in, but give me Pitt with that defense to come out and get the win on the road. Okay. Out West, there is one game that could have some college football playoff implications if the upset happens. Oregon is taking their 9-1 and record on the road to Tempe to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. 
Vegas might know something we don't because Oregon is only a 14-point road favorite against a 5-5 five and five Arizona State team. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon to win and cover this one before I think about it too much. Jamil, what's your pick? <laughs> so um, I looked at this game, and I, and I kind of compare this game to the Oklahoma game with CFP implications. I think Oregon's right there on the bubble on the outside looking in, and this is a team in prime time that has to make a statement. I think looking at their offense on the road, they're averaging around 260 yards passing in the air. And I think that um, the Herbert QB, I think he's going to pass all over this defense because Arizona State at home is giving up over 330 yards of passing. So I think it's going to be a blowout or a shootout. Um, Arizona State, however, is really good. Um, against the run, uh, only giving up about 80 yards a game. So I think that they're going to have a lot of success in the air and average a lot of yards during the play. Uh, I think they this is also a statement game in prime time, and I think that they do win, and I think that they do cover. All right, Oregon, Tyler, sorry. what's your pick? Uh, I'm putting Oregon on upset alert. I'm not saying I'm picking them. I'm, putting on, I'm, I'm definitely going to put them on upset alert in this game. I know that sounds crazy because we're talking about a 5-5 five and five Arizona State team. It's not that Oregon's not better than Arizona State. They are. But Arizona State, like I've watched them a couple times this year, like they're one of those teams that's good enough on their best day to sneak up and beat you at home if you aren't at your best. Now, if Oregon brings their A game, they win, no doubt about it. But you just never know when you talk about college football plays. You just never know if they're going to bring their A game. They have more often than not this year, but this might not be that day. Uh, and, and the reason I say upset alert is like Arizona State, they have enough weapons to score on Oregon. Oregon's defense is really good this year. But Arizona State has some weapons on offense. Quarterback Jaden Daniels, he's a true freshman, but he's as good of a true freshman quarterback as there is in the United States of America. You know, Benjamin is one of the top two running backs in the Pac-12. Uh, and Brandon Ayuk is an explosive, a very explosive playmaker on the outside and in the return game. But the Sun Devils have lost four straight games. Uh, Daniels did get hurt, and he just came back last week. So that factored into that losing streak. And they, they haven't been getting blown up. They lost the last three games by a combined 16 points. I think that actually the last two games by a combined like seven points. Uh, but Oregon has, a again, a legit defense. And they're going to probably give a true, freshman, a, true, a true freshman quarterback, no matter how good he is, a lot of issues. And, and Herbert, like he hasn't been like a dynamic quarterback. When I watch him play, I don't see number one draft pick kind of guy. But he's got the measurables, I guess. But he's been very steady at the very least. Um, I'm going to take Oregon to, to do enough to win this game. I'm not calling for the outright upset. But giving the Devils to play a really good game here at home at night and cover the 14. I probably, it's another one I'm probably going to regret, but I'm going to go on a limb and take the Devils to cover the 14. Maybe a 7 to 10 point win for, for Oregon. I was going to pick Arizona State to win to cover, but then I changed my mind. So. Wow. Oregon you're going to miss cover. out. I know. The Big Ten has a couple of big games, including the biggest game of the weekend. But before we get to those, we have Minnesota fresh off their first defeat of the season, heading to Evanston to face the Northwestern Wildcats. Minnesota could potentially be without starting quarterback Tanner Morgan, who is currently under concussion protocol and therefore are only favored by 13 over a two-win Northwestern team. And I'm sorry, everyone, for putting this game on the list. But again, slim pickings this week. All right. So I'm going with Minnesota to win and cover. Jamil, what's your pick? Uh, so I saw that Tanner Morgan, and that's what gave me pause for concern. Um, Northwestern, it seems like every year they upset some one Big Ten team that's ranked. They're playing at home. And this Tanner Morgan with the concussion really kind of scares me because 
on the road, their offense is averaging around 35 points a game. Tanner Morgan's like the key to that offense. So it really, <laughs> I'm, I'm hesitating on this one because that 13 points is, is big. So I'm going to pick Minnesota to win, but I think Northwestern is going to cover. All right, Tyler, what's your pick? Yeah, the Tanner Morgan thing, I'm with you, man. That, that that really kind of throws me for a loop here. Like when I saw this line initially, I was like 13. Like Northwestern is horrific this year. But it's the Tanner Morgan thing. You're right. That he's getting a lot of respect because he is kind of the engine for that uh, Minnesota offense. But man, like on the flip side, Northwestern, again, they've been terrible. Like they are at or near the bottom in every single statistical category in the Big Ten. Get this number. Now, they played UMass last week. That uh, I think they scored five touchdowns against UMass. Says UMass only has one win. They're like actually worse Northwestern, one of the few teams in America who's worse Northwestern. But before UMass last week, the Northwestern Wildcats had only scored 11 total offensive touchdowns in nine games. 11 offensive touchdowns. I don't know if I've ever seen offense – that helpless like that is that's worse than Arkansas like oh my god it's terrible uh and Minnesota like they should have a very good shot to play in the Big Ten title game I know they're disappointed after that loss last week but I think they're gonna be ready to play in this game so if it was anyone but Northwestern yeah put Minnesota on upset alert but I don't care who's playing quarterback for Minnesota I just do not see a scenario where they lose Northwestern everyone right now if you're of the betting persuasion go put money on this game Uh, at least the money line Minnesota is gonna win this game all right so I'm going to take Minnesota to win, uh, and I'm going to take Minnesota to cover. I just, again, I don't know if Northwestern can score. I just don't know. that. 11 touchdowns in nine games before last week. They can't score. Okay. In our next game, the surprising 7-3 and three Indiana Hoosiers, who gave Penn State more than they wanted last week in Happy Valley, are hosting the surging Michigan Wolverines. Michigan has not lost to Indiana since 1987 and are favored by eight and a hook in this one. I'm going with Michigan to win and cover. Jamil, what's your pick? Surprisingly, I saw Indiana as a 7-3 and three team in the Big Ten. That really surprised me. So looking at Michigan, right, they have the big game the next week with Ohio State, and I think that they get caught looking ahead because um, Indiana almost beats Penn State last week. I think that this game is going to come down to – QB play with Shea Patterson. We all know he's a turnover machine. Uh, I think that Michigan's defense is going to have to win this game for for them uh, because on the road, you know, you look at their rushing defense, they're giving up about 163 yards. I think their passing defense is elite. They're only giving up about 151 yards um, and they're only giving up about four yards per play. So I think their defense is really going to win this game because I think Shea Patterson's going to have a couple of turnovers and really kind of cause this game to be closer than it should be. So I think Michigan wins this game, but I think Indiana covers. All right, Tyler, what's your pick? I love what you said, Jamil, about the Michigan defense being the difference. I agree with you. But this Indiana team, guys, they are good. Yes, as Jamil said, they're 7-3. and three, And I've watched them play a time or two this year. This is a good Indiana football team. Like it's not like a mirage seven and three. No, they haven't really beat anybody all that good. But this is this is a good solid team. If you look at their total yards differential, guys, both Michigan and Indiana have essentially the exact same total yards differential. Now Michigan's defense is better, but Indiana's offense has been a lot better. So they're both plus thirteen hundred right about there on the year. This is more of an evenly matched game than I think the national. Uh, pundits want to make make it out to be like this is a game where i know michigan should probably win but indiana is not just going to roll over uh, like jamil said this could be a look ahead game for michigan as they look ahead to ohio state and, and shea patterson's been better he had the best game probably his michigan career last week 
but I still don't believe in him as a consistent threat at the quarterback position. He just hasn't done it on a consistent basis. They still struggle to run the ball consistently in Michigan. Their offense is just up and down, and it's more down than up. But that Michigan defense is very, very good. Don Brown just every single year feels a great defense. Doesn't matter who he loses, he, they have a great defense. They have the better defense here. Peyton Ramsey's a good quarterback for Indiana. I think Indiana actually had probably their best performance of the year last week on the road in a loss to Penn State. They, they had a chance to win that game late. And Penn State, to their credit, came back and, and scored a touchdown to uh, kind of put it away there with a, uh, without a minute and a half left. But uh, Indiana is a good football team. And I think they're going to give Michigan all that they can handle in this one. I really want to pull the uh, the trigger on the outright upset for Indiana at home. Ah, but, man, give me Michigan to win. But you know what? I'm going to take Indiana to cover the spread here. I think Indiana is a good football team that no one talks about. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. And the final Big Ten game of the week that we will be picking is the college game day game as Penn State is traveling to Columbus to take on the undefeated Ohio State Buckeyes as an 18-point underdog. I'm going to pick Ohio State to win, but I think Penn State will cover. Jamil, what's your pick? You know, it it saddens me to see how successful Justin Field is doing at Ohio State, but, I mean, I, I am happy for the kid. Oh, man. So Ohio State, right? They're blowing everyone out of the water. I mean, they're averaging over 300 yards passing, 300 yards rushing. I mean, their defense is elite. If this game was in Penn, at, at home with Penn State, I think it would be a different story. But playing in the big house over there, or not the big house, but at Ohio State, I'm going to pick Ohio State, and that's only because of how much they're just blowing teams out of the water. Plus, they get Chase Young back, and I think that they also want to make a statement against LSU to be number one in the college football playoff. Um, So I'm going to pick Ohio State, and I'm also going to pick them to cover as well. All right, Tyler? Yeah, Ohio State is really good, man. Um, I'm with you. Justin Fields, good for him. I wish he was still with us, but, you know, I guess that ship has sailed. Uh, but Ohio State is so good, man. They, they, along with Clemson, are the only two teams in America that are currently ranked in the top five in both total offense and total defense nationally. They're really, really good. I think you make an argument. I think I think you have to say that LSU has the better resume in terms of the wins they have this year. But it's hard to argue the team has been more dominant than Ohio State. They have been really, really good. Uh, I don't think they've been tested all that much, but they've been really dominant against the schedule that's been put in front of them. Uh, but Penn State, like, they've been really good on defense as well. I would say at least until the last two games uh, against Minnesota and uh, last week against Indiana, which they gave up over 920 yards combined in those two games. That came out of nowhere. They've been really like, top five level good all year long. But in Penn State on the other side, like, they're not very good on offense. They, they've gone under 400 yards of total offense in six of their 10 games. 
And uh, they're going against the number one defense in America with Chase Young back in their stadium. Like they're supposed to all of a sudden break out against that defense. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen. And, and by the way, their best receiver, their best playmaker, KJ Hamler, the wide receiver, he's been banged up. And who knows if he's going to be like anywhere close to 100%. That's troublesome for Penn State against, again, the number one defense in America. I will say that I think the Penn State defense is good enough to give Justin Fields maybe his first real test. I know you can argue and say, well, Wisconsin was really good on defense. Yeah, but they don't have the same level of athletes that uh, the Penn State's going to be able to put out there on the field. And with Fields' ability to run around, I think those athletes are important. When you got, we're talking about guys like Micah Parsons and Gross Matos. I, I think this is going to be a test for Justin Fields. We'll see how ready he is to go against what is a borderline elite Penn State defense. Maybe not quite elite, but really, really good. Uh, but I, I do ultimately think that Penn State just has too much – Ohio State has just too much talent all the way around offensively, defensively. I just don't think Penn State has enough on offense to really challenge the Penn State defense. Uh, so I think Ohio State wins this one. But 18 is a big number. Uh, man, I want to be wrong on this one because I really would like for Penn State to, to give Ohio State a game. But I'm going to take Ohio State to – Oh, I just, oh, you know what? I'm going to take Penn State. I'm taking Penn State to cover. I, I, My only hesitation there is I just don't think they can score all that much, but let's go with James Fling and have at least enough of a game plan to keep it within 18. I, I like that Penn State defense. And finally, in the biggest game of the weekend to all of us in the Bulldog Nation, our Georgia Bulldogs are hosting Texas A&M for only the second time ever and the first time since the Aggies joined the conference back in 2012. We are favored by 13 points in a game we have to win if we want to keep our playoff hopes alive. I'm picking Georgia to win, but I do think AM will be able to cover. Jamil, what's your pick? So when I first saw this game on the schedule, it actually scared me because we were playing them right after Auburn. But the more I looked at Texas A&M and the teams that they played and the teams that they've lost to, I gained more confidence. The only thing that scares me is the rain that is expected on Saturday, and I'm praying that we don't have another Kentucky situation. And but now with the... <laughs> Go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> thunderstorms with a light, possible lightning delay. That's always good. Yeah, it, it, that that's the only thing that scares me in this game. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into play, right? There's senior day. There's also the factor of a lot of the juniors that we're expecting to leave. So this could be Andrew Thomas's last game, DeAndre Swift's last game. You know, there's a lot of key juniors. So I think that that factor is going to play in the motivation for us on top of, A, we know we're in the SEC championship. We have one more game against the Baby Seals tech down the road. So I think that, you know, we are prepared for this game. So a couple of things, Texas A&M, everyone's given them credit for, they've won four games in the past, they've won their last four games, but they played South Carolina, UT San Antonio, I think, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and they've given up almost 60 points on defense. So that doesn't, that doesn't worry me at all. I think we get the, the ground game going in this game. And I think overall looking at, the passing yards and considering the rain, Texas A&M on the road is giving up over 240 yards passing. And I think that, you know, we've been waiting for the offense to kind of click. I think that Jake Fromm takes a couple of shots, even though it is raining. Uh, and I think we get the, the ground game going because at home we average over 200 yards a game rushing. I think DeAndre, I think Zamir, I think Brian, I think the whole squad gets, gets going. So I'm picking Georgia to win and I'm also going to pick them to cover as well all right tyler 
Yeah, I love everything you said there, my man. Um, God, I just want to win this game. I just want to win this game. Uh, get out there with a win. I'll take a half-point win if possible. I'll take it. But AM, like when you watch this team play, everything you said is totally right, Jamil. But they are absolutely capable of beating us. They are capable of that. They they have dynamic playmakers at wide receiver. While not consistent, Kelamon, he's been a dynamic playmaker himself at times. And defensively, they have made drastic improvements over where they've been the past couple of years. They're actually up to 25th nationally in total defense. Like they're not elite on defense. Don't get me wrong, but they're like statistically are like kind of at Auburn's level. And we saw some of the issues we had last week on the road against Auburn. Uh, they've been good against the run. They're top 40 nationally, and the strength of their defense, as with Auburn, is probably that defensive line. And you guys know what we want them to do is run the football, obviously. Our, our offensive line is very, very good, but we're also banged up right now. Um, and as Jamil mentioned, I don't love this situation either. You mentioned senior day, Jamil, like that. You never know how players react to that with the emotion of that day. Um, A&M's coming in here with nothing to lose. They're playing the best football of the season, their best football of the season, kind of really hitting their stride. You're right, though, against lesser competition. You have to mention that. Uh, Jimbo Fisher still kind of looking for that signature win at AM. The weather's going to be a factor. It's going to rain all day. It's going to suck. I hope it's just not as bad as it was against Kentucky. And, this, and that concerns me for like the, like we need this to be a raucous environment. Like we need a loud home field advantage environment. And with the weather like that, I just don't know. Uh, you just never know. Because I know when we play Kentucky, I know it's Kentucky. It wasn't as big of a game. But man, that there was maybe half full, Charlie, would you say? Maybe, maybe a little bit more than that at kickoff, but it was not a great crowd. Um, But despite all of that, I still believe we are the better team. Sure, the only three games A&M has lost this season were to Clemson, Bama, and Auburn, but they weren't really competitive in any of those games. I know they ended up only losing like eight points to Auburn. That was some late garbage time scores. They weren't in that game. Uh, They didn't necessarily get blown out in any of those games, but they were never really threatened to win them either. Uh, Their seven wins, I mentioned this on the preview show, are against teams with a combined record of 25 and 48. They have not beaten one single team that currently possesses a winning record. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying they haven't done it yet. Uh, They've only outgained three of the seven Power 5 opponents they've played this year. Uh, They've only outgained their other Power 5 opponents outside of Clemson, Auburn, and Bama by an average of 42 yards a game. Uh, so, you know, the resume isn't sparkling. I know people want to point out, as Jamil said, like, hey, their losses are so good. Okay, yeah, they are, but who have they actually beaten? Uh, but the thing is, we have shown that we are capable of losing to inferior opponents. We've already shown that this year against South Carolina. But again, AM hasn't really shown they're capable of beating really good to elite opponents. The only way that's going to happen, as was the case against Carolina, is in a perfect storm scenario where AM plays their best game we play about our worst game. We turn the ball over a lot, give them easy scores. They don't turn it over at all. They play completely clean, and we somehow lose the game. That absolutely could happen. It's already happened once this year. But my question is, is Lightning going to strike twice in the same season? Maybe, but it's just tough to predict that's going to happen. So as far as the matchups go, I like our chances to make them one-dimensional. They've had a lot of issues running the football consistently throughout most of the year. They've taken big steps toward diversifying their run game the past couple of weeks with some quarterback runs. They came out of the bye with a split-back pro set they unveiled against South Carolina, ran that with a lot of success last week. But again, they haven't shown they can do that against good teams. And our rush defense is really good, guys. Third nationally good. Uh, it is a different type of run game when Mon's ability to run from the quarterback position, but I really think we can stifle the, that ground game. And if that's the case, if we can do that, like we have most of the year, pretty much all year, I'm just not sure Kellen Mon is consistent enough to beat us with his arm. He's, he'll make some plays, but also miss a lot of plays that are out there for them as well. He, he, he might have the game of his life. That's certainly possible. 
But it would take close to that, in my opinion, for them to come into Athens and win that game. It's possible, but again, hard to predict. Uh, they've also struggled to get after quarterbacks this year. They're 10th in the SEC in sacks, uh, only 70th nationally in sack rate. And oh, by the way, we're fourth nationally in offensive sack rate. Uh, I like our ability to protect Jake Fromm. And if we do, I, I know he struggled lately. I don't think receivers have helped him, but the numbers haven't been great. But I still think he can make enough plays to win this game. So let's slow down the run, their run game. Let's win the turnover battle. Let's give Jake time in the pocket. If we do all those things, I feel good about our chances. I think we can do those things. Uh, but at the same time, I don't see us running away with this one. Again, AM is playing their best football of the season. Look, guys, they're going to be jacked up to play this game. they got nothing to lose. This is an opportunity for them to get a signature win. Uh, they're going to have a lot of fans in Athens. That's going to be that's going to happen. Uh, just like when we go there, we have a lot of fans in, in College Station. Uh, the weather could affect our fan base. That concerns me. They have a lot of playmakers on offense. I, I think they're going to be in this one into the fourth quarter. I hope to God I'm wrong and we just end this early. Uh, but we just haven't really shown the ability to really put teams away lately like we have in years past. So definitely, let's give me the dogs to win this one. Uh, but I, I'm going to say AM is going to cover the 13. I say we close out with maybe a seven to 10 point victory. All right. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us here on the show. And definitely a big thank you to Jamil. Jamil, like, dude, you were absolutely awesome today, man. Thanks, man. I just want to say, like, I appreciate what you guys do, taking take your time out each week. And I love that you brought Charlie on because. Y'all's banter during the week is hilarious, so I, I love it. Thank you. Uh, th- thanks for saying that, because like sometimes I'm more like, is anyone actually like liking what we're doing here? Uh, I always am glad when I can make people laugh. It is my goal, especially when you're not trying to make people laugh, yeah. <laughs> laughing at you. Idiot. That's okay. No, not an idiot. But thanks, Jamil. Like, and dude, thank you for all the support throughout the year, man. It's been it's been really great getting you getting you on here, and hopefully we'll have you on again. Yeah, appreciate it. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Take care, guys.